0: SECTION 1 OF STATE OF THE UNION ADDRESSES 1885-1888 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. STATE OF THE UNION ADDRESS Grover, Cleveland, December 8, 1885, PART 1 to the congress of the united states your assembling is clouded by a sense of public bereavement caused by the recent and sudden death of thomas a hendricks vice-president of the united states his distinguished public services his complete integrity and devotion to every duty and his personal virtues will find honorable record in his country's history ample and repeated proofs of the esteem and confidence in which he was held by his fellow countrymen were manifested by his election to offices of the most important trust and highest dignity and at length full of years and honors he has been laid at rest amid universal sorrow and benediction. The Constitution, which requires those chosen to legislate for the people to annually meet in the discharge of their solemn trust, also requires the President to give Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall deem necessary and expedient at the threshold of a compliance with these constitutional directions it is well for us to bear in mind that our usefulness to the people's interests will be promoted by a constant appreciation of the scope and character of our respective duties as they relate to federal legislation. While the executive may recommend such measures as he shall deem expedient, the responsibility for legislative action must and should rest upon those selected by the people to make their laws. Contemplation of the grave and responsible functions assigned to the respective branches of the government under the Constitution will disclose the partitions of power between our respective departments and their necessary independence, and also the need for the exercise of all the power entrusted to each in that spirit of comity and cooperation which is essential to the proper fulfillment of the patriotic obligations which rest upon us as faithful servants of the people." THE JEALOUS WATCHFULNESS OF OUR CONSTITUENCIES, GREAT AND SMALL, SUPPLEMENTS THEIR SUFFRAGES, AND BEFORE THE TRIBUNAL THEY ESTABLISH, EVERY PUBLIC SERVANT SHOULD BE JUDGED. IT IS GRATIFYING TO ANNOUNCE THAT THE RELATIONS OF THE UNITED STATES WITH ALL FOREIGN POWERS CONTINUE TO BE FRIENDLY. OUR POSITION AFTER NEARLY A CENTURY OF SUCCESSFUL CONSTITUTIONAL GOVERNMENT, MAINTENANCE OF GOOD FAITH IN ALL OUR ENGAGEMENTS, THE AVOIDANCE OF COMPLICATIONS WITH OTHER NATIONS, AND OUR CONSISTENT AND AMICABLE ATTITUDE TOWARD THE STRONG AND WEAK ALIKE, FURNISH PROOF OF A POLITICAL DISPOSITION WHICH RENDERS PROFESSIONS OF GOOD WILL UNNECESSARY. There are no questions of difficulty pending with any foreign government. The Argentine government has revived the long-dormant question of the Falkland Islands by claiming from the United States indemnity for their loss, attributed to the action of the commander of the sloop-of-war Lexington, in breaking up a piratical colony on those islands in 1831 and their subsequent occupation by great britain in view of the ample justification for the act of the lexington and the derelict condition of the islands before and after their alleged occupation by argentine colonists this government considers the claim as wholly groundless question has arisen with the government of austria-hungary touching the representation of the united states at vienna having under my constitutional prerogative appointed an estimable citizen of unimpeached probity and competence as minister at that court the government of austria-hungary invited this government to take cognizance of certain exceptions based upon allegations against the personal acceptability of mr kiley the appointed envoy asking that in view thereof the appointment should be withdrawn the reasons advanced were such as could not be acquiesced in without violation of my oath of office and the precepts of the constitution since they necessarily involved a limitation in favor of a foreign government upon the right of selection by the executive and required such an application of a religious test as a qualification for office under the united states as would have resulted in the practical disfranchisement of a large class of our citizens and the abandonment of a vital principle in our government the austro-hungarian government finally decided not to receive mr kiley as the envoy of the united states and that gentleman has since resigned his commission leaving the post vacant i have made no new nomination and the interests of this government at vienna are now in the care of the secretary of legation acting as charge d'affaires ad interim early in march last war broke out in central america caused by the attempt of Guatemala to consolidate the several states into a single government. In these contests between our neighboring states, the United States forbore to interfere actively, but lent the aid of their friendly offices in deprecation of war, and to promote peace and concord among the belligerents and by such counsel contributed importantly to the restoration of tranquility in that locality. Emergencies growing out of civil war in the United States of Columbia demanded of the government at the beginning of this administration the employment of armed forces to fulfill its guarantees under the 35th article of the Treaty of 1846— in order to keep the transit open across the isthmus of panama desirous of exercising only the powers expressly reserved to us by the treaty and mindful of the rights of Colombia, the forces sent to the isthmus were instructed to confine their action to positively and efficaciously preventing the transit and its accessories from being interrupted or embarrassed the execution of this delicate and responsible task necessarily involved police control where the local authority was temporarily powerless but always in aid of the sovereignty of columbia the prompt and successful fulfillment of its duty by this government was highly appreciated by the government of columbia and has been followed by expressions of its satisfaction high praise is due to the officers and men engaged in this service the restoration of peace on the isthmus by the re-establishment of the constituted government there being thus accomplished the forces of the United States were withdrawn. Pending these occurrences, a question of much importance was presented by decrees of the Colombian government proclaiming the closure of certain ports then in the hands of insurgents, and declaring vessels held by the revolutionists, to be piratical and liable to capture by any power. To neither of these propositions could the United States assent. An effective closure of ports, not in the possession of the government, but held by hostile partisans, could not be recognized. Neither could the vessels of insurgents against the legitimate sovereignty be deemed hostis humani generis, within the precepts of international law whatever might be the definition and penalty of their acts under the municipal law of the state against whose authority they were in revolt the denial by this government of the colombian propositions did not however imply the admission of a belligerent status on the part of the insurgents the colombian government has expressed its willingness to negotiate conventions for the adjustment, by arbitration, of claims by foreign citizens arising out of the destruction of the city of Aspinwall by the insurrectionary forces. The interest of the United States in a practicable transit for ships across the strip of land separating the Atlantic from the Pacific has been repeatedly manifested during the last half-century. My immediate predecessor, caused to be negotiated with Nicaragua a treaty for the construction, by and at the sole cost of the United States, of a canal through Nicaraguan territory, and laid it before the Senate. Pending the action of that body thereon, I withdrew the treaty for re-examination. Attentive consideration of its provisions leads me to withhold it from resubmission to the Senate. Maintaining, as I do, the tenets of a line of precedents from Washington's day, which proscribe entangling alliances with foreign states, I do not favor a policy of acquisition of new and distant territory or the incorporation of remote interests with our own. The laws of progress are vital and organic." and we must be conscious of that irresistible tide of commercial expansion which as the concomitant of our active civilization day by day is being urged onward by those increasing facilities of production transportation and communication to which steam and electricity have given birth but our duty in the present instructs us to address ourselves mainly to the development of the vast resources of the great area committed to our charge and to the cultivation of the arts of peace within our own borders though jealousy alert in preventing the american hemisphere from being involved in the political problems and complications of distant governments therefore I am unable to recommend propositions involving paramount privileges of ownership or right outside of our own territory, when coupled with absolute and unlimited engagements to defend the territorial integrity of the state where such interests lie. While the general project of connecting the two oceans by means of a canal is to be encouraged, I am of opinion that any scheme to that end, to be considered with favor, should be free from the features alluded to. The Tehuantepec route is declared by engineers of the highest repute, and by competent scientists, to afford an entirely practicable transit for vessels and cargoes by means of a ship-railway, from the Atlantic to the Pacific. The obvious advantages of such a route, if feasible, over others more remote from the axial lines of traffic between Europe and the Pacific, and particularly between the valley of the Mississippi and the western coast of North and South America, are deserving of consideration. Whatever highway may be constructed across the barrier dividing the two greatest maritime areas of the world, must be for the world's benefit, a trust for mankind, to be removed from the chance of a domination by any single power, nor become a point of invitation for hostilities, or a prize for warlike ambition an engagement combining the construction ownership and operation of such a work by this government with an offensive and defensive alliance for its protection with the foreign state whose responsibilities and rights we would share is in my judgment inconsistent with such dedication to universal and neutral use, and would, moreover, entail measures for its realization beyond the scope of our national polity or present means. The lapse of years has abundantly confirmed the wisdom and foresight of those earlier administrations, which, long before the conditions of maritime intercourse were changed, and enlarged, by the progress of the age, proclaimed the vital need of interoceanic transit across the American Isthmus, and consecrated it, in advance, to the common use of mankind by their positive declarations, and through the formal obligation of treaties. Toward such realization, the efforts of my administration will be applied, ever bearing in mind the principles on which it must rest and which were declared in no uncertain tones by mr cass who while secretary of state in eighteen fifty eight announced that what the united states want in central america next to the happiness of its people is the security and neutrality of the interoceanic routes which lead through it THE CONSTRUCTION OF THREE TRANSCONTINENTAL LINES OF RAILWAY, ALL IN SUCCESSFUL OPERATION, WHOLLY WITHIN OUR TERRITORY, AND UNITING THE ATLANTIC AND THE PACIFIC OCEANS, HAS BEEN ACCOMPANIED BY RESULTS OF A MOST INTERESTING AND IMPRESSIVE NATURE, AND HAS CREATED NEW CONDITIONS, NOT IN THE ROOTS OF COMMERCE ONLY, BUT IN POLITICAL GEOGRAPHY which powerfully affect our relations toward and necessarily increase our interests in any transisthmian route, which may be opened and employed for the ends of peace and traffic, or in other contingencies, for uses inimical to both. Transportation is a factor in the cost of commodities, SCARCELY SECOND TO THAT OF THEIR PRODUCTION, AND WEIGHS AS HEAVILY UPON THE CONSUMER. OUR EXPERIENCE ALREADY HAS PROVEN THE GREAT IMPORTANCE OF HAVING THE COMPETITION BETWEEN LAND CARRIAGE AND WATER CARRIAGE FULLY DEVELOPED, EACH ACTING AS A PROTECTION TO THE PUBLIC AGAINST THE TENDENCIES TO MONOPOLY which are inherent in the consolidation of wealth and power in the hands of vast corporations. These suggestions may serve to emphasize what I have already said on the score of the necessity of a neutralization of any interoceanic transit, and this can only be accomplished by making the uses of the route open to all nations and subject to the ambitions and warlike necessities of none the drawings and report of a recent survey of the nicaraguan canal route made by chief engineer menocal will be communicated for your information the claims of citizens of the united states for losses by reason of the late military operations of chile in Peru and Bolivia, are the subject of negotiation for a claims convention with Chile, providing for their submission to arbitration. The harmony of our relations with China is fully sustained. In the application of the acts lately passed to execute the Treaty of 1880, Restrictive of the immigration of Chinese laborers into the United States, individual cases of hardship have occurred beyond the power of the executive to remedy and calling for judicial determination. The condition of the Chinese question, in the Western states and territories, is despite this restrictive legislation, far from being satisfactory. The recent outbreak in Wyoming Territory where numbers of unoffending Chinamen indisputably within the protection of the treaties and the law were murdered by a mob, and the still more recent threatened outbreak of the same character in Washington Territory are fresh in the minds of all and there is apprehension lest the bitterness of feeling against the mongolian race on the pacific slope may find vent in similar lawless demonstrations all the power of this government should be exerted to maintain the amplest good faith toward china in the treatment of these men and the inflexible sternness of the law in bringing the wrongdoers to justice should be insisted upon Every effort has been made by this government to prevent these violent outbreaks, and to aid the representatives of China in their investigation of these outrages, and it is but just to say that they are traceable to the lawlessness of men, not citizens of the United States, engaged in competition with Chinese laborers. Race prejudice is the chief factor in originating these disturbances, and it exists in a large part of our domain, jeopardizing our domestic peace and the good relationship we strive to maintain with China. The admitted right of a government to prevent the influx of elements hostile to its internal peace and security may not be questioned even where there is no treaty stipulation on the subject. That the exclusion of Chinese labor is demanded in other countries where like conditions prevail, is strongly evidenced in the Dominion of Canada, where Chinese immigration is now regulated by laws more exclusive than our own, if existing laws are inadequate to compass the end in view." I shall be prepared to give earnest consideration to any further remedial measures within the treaty limits which the wisdom of Congress may devise. The independent State of the Congo has been organized as a government under the sovereignty of His Majesty the King of the Belgians, who assumes its chief majesty in his personal character only, without making the new state a dependency of belgium it is fortunate that a benighted region owing all it has of quickening civilization to the beneficence and philanthropic spirit of this monarch should have the advantage and security of his benevolent supervision the action taken by this government last year in being the first to recognize the flag of the international association of the congo has been followed by formal recognition of the new nationality which succeeds to its sovereign powers a conference of delegates of the principal commercial nations was held at berlin last winter to discuss methods whereby the Congo basin may be kept open to the world's trade, delegates attended on behalf of the United States on the understanding that their part should be merely deliberative, without imparting to the results any binding character so far as the United States were concerned. This reserve was due to the indisposition of this government to share in any disposal by an international congress of jurisdictional questions in remote foreign territories the results of the conference were embodied in a formal act of the nature of an international convention which laid down certain obligations purporting to be binding on the signatories subject to ratification within one year notwithstanding the reservation under which the delegates of the united states attended their signatures were attached to the general act in the same manner as those of the plenipotentiaries of other governments thus making the united states appear without reserve or qualification as signatories to a joint international engagement imposing on the signers the conservation of the territorial integrity of distant regions where we have no established interests or control this government does not however regard its reservation of liberty of action in the premises as at all impaired and holding that an engagement to share in the obligation of enforcing neutrality in the remote valley of the congo would be an alliance whose responsibilities we are not in a position to assume i abstain from asking the sanction of the senate to that general act the correspondence will be laid before you and the instructive and interesting report of the agent sent by this government to the congo country and his recommendations for the establishment of commercial agencies on the african coast are also submitted for your consideration the commission appointed by my predecessor last winter to visit the central and south american countries and report on the methods of enlarging the commercial relations of the united states therewith has submitted reports which will be laid before you no opportunity has been omitted to testify the friendliness of this government toward Korea, whose entrance into the family of treaty powers the United States were the first to recognize. I regard with favor the application made by the Korean government to be allowed to employ American officers as military instructors to which the assent of Congress becomes necessary and i am happy to say this request has the concurrent sanction of china and japan the arrest and imprisonment of julio r santos a citizen of the united states by the authorities of ecuador gave rise to a contention with that government in which his right to be released or to have a speedy and impartial trial on announced charges and with all guarantees of defense stipulated by treaty, was insisted upon by us. After an elaborate correspondence, and repeated and earnest representations on our part, Mr. Santos was, after an alleged trial and conviction, eventually included in a general decree of amnesty, and pardoned by the Ecuadorian executive, and released— leaving the question of his american citizenship denied by the ecuadorian government but insisted upon by our own the amount adjudged by the late french and american claims commission to be due from the united states to french claimants on account of injuries suffered by them during the war of secession having been appropriated by the last congress has been duly paid to the french government the act of february twenty five eighteen eighty five provided for a preliminary search of the records of french prize courts for evidence bearing on the claims of american citizens against france for spoilations committed prior to eighteen o one THE DUTY HAS BEEN PERFORMED, AND THE REPORT OF THE AGENT WILL BE LAID BEFORE YOU. I REGRET TO SAY THAT THE RESTRICTIONS UPON THE IMPORTATION OF OUR pork INTO FRANCE CONTINUE, NOTWITHSTANDING THE ABUNDANT DEMONSTRATION OF THE ABSENCE OF SANITARY DANGER IN ITS USE. BUT I ENTERTAIN STRONG HOPES THAT WITH A BETTER UNDERSTANDING OF THIS MATTER THIS VEXATIOUS PROHIBITION WILL BE REMOVED. It would be pleasing to be able to say as much with respect to Germany, Austria, and other countries where such food products are absolutely excluded, without present prospect of reasonable change. The interpretation of our existing treaties of naturalization by Germany during the past year has attracted attention by reason of an apparent tendency on the part of the imperial government to extend the scope of the residential restrictions, to which returning naturalized citizens of German origin are asserted to be liable under the laws of the empire. The temperate and just attitude taken by this government with regard to this class of questions will doubtless lead to a satisfactory understanding the dispute of germany and spain relative to the domination of the caroline islands has attracted the attention of this government by reason of extensive interests of american citizens having grown up in those parts during the past thirty years and because the question of ownership involves jurisdiction of matters affecting the status of our citizens under civil and criminal law. While standing wholly aloof from the proprietary issues raised between powers to both of which the United States are friendly, this government expects that nothing in the present contention shall unfavorably affect our citizens carrying on a peaceful commerce, or there domiciled, and has so informed the governments of spain and germany the marked good will between the united states and great britain has been maintained during the past year the termination of the fishing clauses of the treaty of washington in pursuance of the joint resolution of march third eighteen eighty three must have resulted in the abrupt cessation of the first of july of this year in the midst of their ventures of the operations of citizens of the united states engaged in fishing in british american waters but for a diplomatic understanding reached with her majesty's government in june last whereby assurance was obtained that no interruption of these operations should take place during the current fishing season in the interest of good neighborhood and of the commercial intercourse of adjacent communities the question of the north american fisheries is one of much importance following out the intimation given by me when the extensory arrangement above described was negotiated I recommended that the Congress provide for the appointment of a commission in which the governments of the United States and Great Britain shall be respectively represented, charged with the consideration and settlement, upon a just, equitable, and honorable basis, of the entire question of the fishing rights of the two governments and their respective citizens on the coasts of the United States and British North America." the fishing interests being intimately related to other general questions, dependent upon contiguity and intercourse, consideration thereof in all their equities might also properly come within the purview of such a commission, and the fullest latitude of expression on both sides should be permitted. The correspondence in relation to the fishing rights will be submitted the arctic exploring steamer alert which was generously given by her majesty's government to aid in the relief of the greeley expedition was after the successful attainment of that humane purpose returned to great britain in pursuance of the authority conferred by the act of march third eighteen eighty five the inadequacy of the existing engagements for extradition between the united states and great britain has been long apparent the tenth article of the treaty of eighteen forty two one of the earliest compacts in this regard entered into by us stipulated for surrender in respect of a limited number of offences other crimes no less inimical to the social welfare should be embraced and the procedure of the extradition brought in harmony with present international practice negotiations with her majesty's government for an enlarged treaty of extradition have been pending since eighteen seventy and i entertain strong hopes that a satisfactory result may be soon attained THE FRONTIER LINE BETWEEN ALASKA AND BRITISH COLUMBIA, AS DEFINED BY THE TREATY OF SESSION WITH RUSSIA, FOLLOWS THE DEMARCATION ASSIGNED IN A PRIOR TREATY BETWEEN GREAT BRITAIN AND RUSSIA. MODERN EXPLORATION DISCLOSES THAT THIS ANCIENT BOUNDARY IS IMPRACTICABLE AS A GEOGRAPHICAL FACT. IN THE UNSETTLED CONDITION OF THAT REGION THE QUESTION HAS LACKED IMPORTANCE but the discovery of mineral wealth in the territory the line is supposed to traverse admonishes that the time has come when an accurate knowledge of the boundary is needful to avert jurisdictional complications. I recommend, therefore, that provision be made for a preliminary reconnaissance by officers of the United States to the end of acquiring more precise information on the subject. I HAVE INVITED HER MAJESTY'S GOVERNMENT TO CONSIDER WITH US THE ADOPTION OF A MORE CONVENIENT LINE, TO BE ESTABLISHED BY MERIDIAN OBSERVATIONS OR BY KNOWN GEOGRAPHICAL FEATURES, WITHOUT THE NECESSITY OF AN EXPENSIVE SURVEY OF THE WHOLE. THE LATE INSURRECTIONARY MOVEMENTS IN HAITI, HAVING BEEN QUELLED, THE GOVERNMENT OF THAT REPUBLIC HAS MADE PROMPT PROVISION FOR ADJUDICATING THE LOSSES SUFFERED BY FOREIGNERS BECAUSE OF HOSTILITIES THERE, AND THE CLAIMS OF CERTAIN CITIZENS OF THE UNITED STATES WILL BE IN THIS MANNER DETERMINED. THE LONG-PENDING CLAIMS OF THE TWO CITIZENS OF THE UNITED STATES, PELLETIER AND LAZAR, HAVE BEEN DISPOSED OF BY ARBITRATION and an award in favor of each claimant has been made, which by the terms of the engagement is final. It remains for Congress to provide for the payment of the stipulated moiety of the expenses. A question arose with Haiti during the past year, by reason of the exceptional treatment of an American citizen, Mr. Van Bolkelen, a resident of Port-au-Prince, who on suit by creditors residing in the united states was sentenced to imprisonment and under the operation of a haitian statute was denied relief secured to a native haitian this government asserted his treaty right to equal treatment with natives of haiti in all suits at law our contention was denied by the haitian government which however while still professing to maintain the ground taken against Mr. Van Bokelen's right, terminated the controversy by setting him at liberty without explanation. An international conference, to consider the means of arresting the spread of cholera and other epidemic diseases, was held at Rome in May last, and adjourned to meet again on further notice an expert delegate on behalf of the united states has attended its session and will submit a report our relations with mexico continue to be most cordial as befits those of neighbors between whom the strongest ties of friendship and commercial intimacy exist as the natural and growing consequence of our similarity of institutions and geographical propinquity. The relocation of the boundary line between the United States and Mexico, westward of the Rio Grande, under the convention of July ninth, 1882, has been unavoidably delayed, but I apprehend no difficulty in securing a prolongation of the period for its accomplishment the lately concluded commercial treaty with mexico still awaits the stipulated legislation to carry its provision into effect for which one year's additional time has been secured by a supplementary article signed in february last and since ratified on both sides as this convention so important to the commercial welfare of the two adjoining countries, has been constitutionally confirmed by the treaty-making branch, I express the hope that legislation needed to make it effective may not be long delayed. The large influx of capital and enterprise to Mexico from the United States continues to aid in the development of the resources and in augmenting the material well-being of our sister republic lines of railway penetrating to the heart and capital of the country bring the two peoples into mutually beneficial intercourse and enlarged facilities of transit add to profitable commerce create new markets and furnish avenues to otherwise isolated communities i have already adverted to the suggested construction of a ship railway across the narrow formation of the territory of mexico at tuantepec with the gradual recovery of peru from the effects of her late disastrous conflict with chile AND WITH THE RESTORATION OF CIVIL AUTHORITY IN THAT DISTRACTED COUNTRY, IT IS HOPED THAT PENDING WAR CLAIMS OF OUR CITIZENS WILL BE ADJUSTED. IN CONFORMITY WITH NOTIFICATION GIVEN BY THE GOVERNMENT OF PERU, THE EXISTING TREATIES OF COMMERCE AND EXTRADITION BETWEEN THE UNITED STATES AND THAT COUNTRY WILL TERMINATE MARCH 31, 1886. OUR GOOD RELATIONSHIP WITH RUSSIA CONTINUES. An officer of the Navy, detailed for the purpose, is now on his way to Siberia, bearing the testimonials voted by Congress to those who generously succoured the survivors of the unfortunate Jeannette expedition. It is gratifying to advert to the cordiality of our intercourse with Spain. The long-pending claim of the owners of the ship Masonic, for loss suffered through the admitted dereliction of the spanish authorities in the philippine islands has been adjusted by arbitration and an indemnity awarded the principle of arbitration in such cases to which the united states have long and consistently adhered thus receives a fresh and gratifying confirmation other questions with spain have been disposed of or are under diplomatic consideration with a view to just an honorable settlement the operation of the commercial agreement with spain of january two to february eighty four has been found inadequate to the commercial needs of the united states and the spanish antilles and the terms of the agreement are subjected to conflicting interpretations in those islands negotiations have been instituted at madrid for a full treaty not open to these objections and in the line of the general policy touching the neighbourly intercourse of proximate communities to which i elsewhere advert and aiming moreover at the removal of existing burdens and annoying restrictions and although a satisfactory termination is promised i am compelled to delay its announcement AN INTERNATIONAL COPYRIGHT CONFERENCE WAS HELD AT BERN IN SEPTEMBER, ON an INVITATION OF THE SWISS GOVERNMENT. THE ENVOY OF THE UNITED STATES ATTENDED AS A DELEGATE, BUT REFRAINED FROM COMMITTING THIS GOVERNMENT TO THE RESULTS, EVEN BY SIGNING THE RECOMMENDATORY PROTOCOL ADOPTED. THE INTERESTING AND IMPORTANT SUBJECT OF INTERNATIONAL COPYRIGHT HAS BEEN BEFORE YOU FOR SEVERAL YEARS action is certainly desirable to affect the object in view, and while there may be question as to the relative advantage of treating it by legislation or by specific treaty, the matured views of the Berne Conference cannot fail to aid your consideration of the subject. The termination of the Commercial Treaty of 1862 between the United States and Turkey has been sought by that government. While there is question as to the sufficiency of the notice of termination given, yet as the commercial rights of our citizens in Turkey come under the favored nation guarantees of the prior treaty of 1830, and as equal treatment is admitted by the porte, no inconvenience can result from the assent of this government to the revision of the Ottoman tariffs in which the treaty powers have been invited to join." Questions concerning our citizens in Turkey may be affected by the Porte's non-acquiescence in the right of expatriation, and by the imposition of religious tests as a condition of residence, in which this government cannot concur. The United States must hold in their intercourse with every power that the status of their citizens is to be respected and equal civil privileges accorded to them without regard to creed and affected by no considerations save those growing out of domiciliary return to the land of original allegiance or of unfulfilled personal obligations which may survive under municipal laws after such voluntary return the negotiation with venezuela relative to the rehearsing of the awards of the mixed commission constituted under the treaty of eighteen sixty six was resumed in view of the recent acquiescence of the venezuelan envoy in the principal point advanced by this government that the effects of the old treaty could only be set aside by the operation of a new convention a result in substantial accord with the advisory suggestions contained in the joint resolution of march three eighteen eighty three has been agreed upon and will shortly be submitted to the senate for ratification under section thirty six fifty nine of the revised statutes all funds held in trust by the united states and the annual interest of accruing thereon when not otherwise required by treaty, are to be invested in stocks of the United States bearing a rate of interest not less than five per cent per annum. There being now no procurable stocks paying so high a rate of interest, the letter of the statute is at present inapplicable, but its spirit is subserved by continuing to make investments of this nature in current stocks bearing the highest interest now paid the statute however makes no provision for the disposal of such accretions it being contrary to the general rule of this government to allow interest on claims i recommend the repeal of this provision in question and the disposition under a uniform rule of the present accumulations from investment of trust funds the inadequacy of EXISTING LEGISLATION, TOUCHING CITIZENSHIP AND NATURALIZATION, DEMANDS YOUR CONSIDERATION. WHILE RECOGNIZING THE RIGHT OF EXPATRIATION, NO STATUTORY PROVISION EXISTS, PROVIDING MEANS FOR RENOUNCING CITIZENSHIP BY AN AMERICAN CITIZEN, NATIVE-BORN OR NATURALIZED, NOR FOR TERMINATING AND VACATING AN IMPROPER ACQUISITION OF CITIZENSHIP even a fraudulent decree of naturalization can not now be canceled the privileges and franchise of american citizenship should be granted with care and extended to those only who intend in good faith to assume its duties and responsibilities when attaining its privileges and benefits it should be withheld from those who merely go through the forms of naturalization with the intent of escaping the duties of their original allegiance, without taking upon themselves those of their new status, or who may acquire the rights of American citizenship for no other than a hostile purpose toward their original governments. These evils have had many flagrant illustrations. I regard with favor... THE SUGGESTION PUT FORTH BY ONE OF MY PREDECESSORS, THAT PROVISION BE MADE FOR A CENTRAL BUREAU OF RECORD OF THE DECREES OF NATURALIZATION GRANTED BY THE VARIOUS COURTS THROUGHOUT THE UNITED STATES, NOW INVESTED WITH THAT POWER. THE RIGHTS WHICH SPRING FROM DOMICILE IN THE UNITED STATES, ESPECIALLY WHEN COUPLED WITH A DECLARATION OF INTENTION TO BECOME A CITIZEN, ARE WORTHY OF DEFINITION BY STATUTE the stranger coming hither with intent to remain establishing his residence in our midst contributing to the general welfare and by his voluntary act declaring his purpose to assume the responsibilities of citizenship thereby gains an inchoate status which legislation may properly define the laws of certain states and territories admit a domiciled alien to the local franchise, conferring on him the rights of citizenship, to a degree which places him in the anomalous position of being a citizen of a state and yet not of the United States, within the purview of federal and international law. It is important within the scope of national legislation to define this right of alien domicile as distinguished from federal naturalization. THE COMMERCIAL RELATIONS OF THE UNITED STATES WITH THEIR IMMEDIATE NEIGHBORS, AND WITH IMPORTANT AREAS OF TRAFFIC, NEAR OUR SHORES, SUGGEST ESPECIALLY LIBERAL INTERCOURSE BETWEEN THEM AND US. FOLLOWING THE TREATY OF 1883 WITH MEXICO WHICH RESTED ON THE BASIS OF A RECIPROCAL EXEMPTION FROM CUSTOMS, DUTIES, AND OTHER SIMILAR TREATIES WERE INITIATED BY MY PREDECESSOR recognizing the need of less obstructed traffic with cuba and puerto rico and met by the desire of spain to succor the languishing interests in the antilles steps were taken to attain those ends by a treaty of commerce a similar treaty was afterwards signed by the dominican republic subsequently overtures were made by her britannic majesty's government for a like mutual extension of commercial intercourse with the british west indian and south american dependencies but without result on taking office i withdrew for re-examination the treaties signed with spain and santo domingo then pending before the senate the result has been to satisfy me of the inexpediency of entering into engagements of this character not covering the entire traffic these treaties contemplated the surrender by the United States of large revenues for inadequate consideration. Upon sugar alone duties were surrendered to an amount far exceeding all the advantages offered in exchange. Even were it intended to relieve our consumers, it was evident that so long as the exemption but partially covered our importation, such relief would be illusory to relinquish a revenue so essential seemed highly improvident, at a time when new and large drains upon the Treasury were contemplated. Moreover, embarrassing questions would have arisen under the favored nation clauses of treaties with other nations. As a further objection, it is evident that tariff regulation by treaty diminishes that independent control over its revenues, which is essential for the safety and welfare of any government. Emergency calling for an increase of taxation may at any time arise, and no engagement with a foreign power should exist to hamper the action of the government. By the 14th section of the Shipping Act, approved June 26, 1884, certain reductions and contingent exemptions from tonnage dues were made as to vessels entering ports of the United States from any foreign port in North and Central America, the West Indian Islands, the Bahamas, and Bermudas, Mexico, and the Isthmus as far as Aspinwall and Panama. The governments of Belgium, Denmark, Germany, Portugal, and Sweden, and Norway have asserted under the Favorite Nation Clause in their treaties with the United States a claim to like treatment— in respect of vessels coming into the united states from their home ports this government however holds that the privileges granted by the act are purely geographical inuring to any vessel of any foreign power that may choose to engage in traffic between this country and any port within the defined zone and no warrant exists under the most favored nation clause FOR THE EXTENSION OF THE PRIVILEGES IN QUESTION TO VESSELS SAILING TO THIS COUNTRY FROM PORTS OUTSIDE THE LIMITATION OF THE ACT? Undoubtedly, the relations of commerce with our near neighbors, whose territories form so long a frontier line, difficult to be guarded, and who find in our country, and equally offer to us natural markets, demand special and considerate treatment— it rests with Congress to consider what legislative action may increase facilities of intercourse which contiguity makes natural and desirable. End of part one. End of section one.